with this um, month of fasting. We're going to learn more about uh, how Ramadan is being practiced, what it means for Muslims. We're going to be, we have our guest speakers, uh, Imam Derek Pete from Tampa, who will uh, be discussing uh, that with us and uh, more. So this is True Talk on WMNF. We'll be right back. Just as I uh, try to get this uh, music going, there we go. Ramadan Karim. Summer, can you hear the music? Mm, no, no, Ahmed, I am here. I'm still sick, yeah, Ahmed. I'm fasting, but I don't feel well. But Alhamdulillah, Ramadan Kareem to you. Welcome back to True Talk on WMNF 88.5. For some reason, I can't hear my uh, co-host. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Could you hear the music when I was playing? No, I did not hear the music. Okay, well, we'll uh, table the music for now. But um, Summer, uh, today's the first day of Ramadan. How are you feeling? Uh, I am I still have my influenza or cold or God knows, oh, and the bronchitis. Uh, I finished all my medication vacations and um, fasting so you can hear my voice I'm not still uh, good but alhamdulillah I am fasting the first day so I hope we'll continue how about you um yeah started fasting today and um I actually got up early early before um you know pre-dawn to have our support and I think we're gonna which basically we'll um, talk to Imam Derek Pete more about this, but in Ramadan, our month, is, our month is basically upside down. Well, I got up, uh, I didn't have a lot of time, so whatever was available, you know, was mostly leftovers to try to um, to eat as fast as I can before the bell rings. It's, there's not really a, literally a bell, but there is a time, and, and for me today, um, because I'm out of town, the time was 6.20 a.m., so we couldn't eat past that, and um, had to drink my water, get enough water in, you know, just things that keeps you hydrated through the day. And um, so today wasn't so planned. I guess tomorrow I need to wake up earlier, maybe at 5.30. I woke up, I woke up at 4, <laughs> and I said, there is no way I am uh, going to the kitchen and eating anything. So I just drank water. Then I walk up, I think, almost six, uh, six, uh, almost six o'clock. And I said, okay, just five more minutes. And then I'll drink water and maybe go have dates. And then I woke up at, at 7 a.m. 
so I missed uh, eating the any anything. And my last meal was around nine. I think I had some jello at nine thirty or ten o'clock, but it would mean that I'll be fasting more than twenty hours. And I can't go on a diet, but I can be fasting for twenty hours. It's strange. Oh wow! Okay. Um, well, you know, you do have uh, this excuse that you don't need to fast, right? If you're sick. Of course, if I'm sick, but uh, I'm not on any medication. I finished my antibiotics and steroids and inhaler, and I haven't been to the doctor, and I don't want to go to him. But he would tell me, <laughs> "Okay, start the regimen again." So I don't want to do that. Mm. Um. So, but then you also, but if you do take that um, license, I guess, to, or permission to not fast, uh, you'd have to make yeah. up the days later. Yeah, so of course. I avoid doing that. We're exempt from fasting if we're uh, traveling or pregnant or six uh, and we can make it up but uh, or if you can't fast then you pay some money but I think the imam will be talking about these things but for, excuse me but for myself so far I mean I just started so uh, we'll see how it goes um, what is you know before Imam Derek Pete joins us what does Ramadan mean to you it means different things Ahmed and this is really what uh, I really want to ask the Imam because he is not of uh, Arab background. Of course, he's uh, American, um, but he did go to the Arab world. But if I am fasting in the U.S., it is totally, absolutely one million times different than if I'm fasting in the Arab world. It's, it's How so? so strange. Here, of course, there is less social engagement because um, I don't have many relatives living in this town. Um, so if I was in Jordan or in Egypt, um, almost every other day there will be a social engagement, which means about six hours of your day because you go, let's say we are invited and iftar is at 7.30, so you are there at 7.30. But of course, you're getting ready at 6.30. Then you can stay there till 11 at night. By the time you go home, that's it. You're tired. You might uh, spend another hour or so and then go back to sleep. Here, the day is long. and I have maybe one or two social engagements in in a week, maybe. One of them is going to the mosque. So I have the whole day to utilize my uh, day and my fasting. This is where I try to catch up on my uh, readings in general uh, and on reading Quran and listening to podcasts and stuff like that. Okay, well, um, we're going to talk to, um, when we come back, we'll talk to Imam um, Derek Pete about... Um, what Ramadan means and what the purpose, is, uh, purpose of it is and what's the religious significance. And um, maybe try to get to some questions. Um, so stay tuned. This is um, actually a song about Ramadan by Meher Zain. Can you hear it now? We'll be right back. 
just true talk on WMNF. True Talk on WMNF 88.5. Um, my name is Ahmed Badir. My co-host is with me on um, Samar Jarrah. Um, for some reason, the song came, you know, and ended, and the imam is not here yet. I wonder if he's still sleeping. This is what happens with the first day of Ramadan. <laughs> it kind of turns everything upside down. It's like your day becomes night, your night becomes day. And it just, you know, the way I look at it, it's just, it comes to just break your habits, whatever you're used to, whatever your comfort zone is, it takes you out of that. Um, eating and drinking and um, is something that we do all the time. And then just to abstain yourself, like it takes, it takes a lot of our time to plan the food, eat the food, clean up the food. It's just like our life revolves around eating we're having breakfast. Where are you talking? What's for lunch? What's for dinner? Or are we going to go out? 
And then all of that changes now. You wake up in the morning, you have your cup of coffee. We can't do that, right? You know, you are the first one who made me realize this idea about food and how much we spend time on food. I remember you told me that maybe four or five years ago. And I thought, you know, what is Ahmed talking about? And then I realized it's true. We spend so much time. Uh, like today, I would have been making my coffee and then drinking the coffee and then uh, making tea and then having my breakfast. And then uh, like at 4 p.m., usually I get hungry. So I think of what snack I'm going to eat. You're the one who made me realize that, Ahmed, but I think Ramadan is revolutionary. It, it's like what a revolution does to a country. It just revolutionizes life, disrupts it in a very, very, very positive way. Um, right. Um, for did some you reason, you, yeah, you cut out for a minute, but um, it does disrupt life in a positive <laughs> way. And it does... You know, some people describe it as a uh, spiritual reset. Um, so, you know, for us, Ramadan has... Not only reset, uh, not only spiritual, Ahmed. There is so much discipline involved. Well, right, right. It's just, well, I was saying it's both a spiritual reset, but it's also physical. Um, so, uh, you know, some people will say discipline is a part of spirituality as well, that, you know, you... In order, and the whole concept behind it, you know, at least uh, what it means to me, if we can discipline ourselves to do and, and, and abstain or withhold from indulging in food and drinking what we want and eating whatever we want and overeating um, for this entire month, then it makes, makes us be able to have that type of discipline after the month is over in other parts of our lives. And it's not just about not eating and drinking. Um, it's also about being good to others and, you know, doing charitable acts. Uh, Ramadan is uh, known as the month of uh, charity and the month of good deeds. So um, Muslims strive to try to just be a better person overall. So, for example, if somebody's fasting and not eating uh, or drinking the entire month or the entire day, but they're out there yelling at people, fighting, cursing at everyone, then, you know, uh, the scholars will tell you that then that day doesn't count. You're not going to get rewarded for the day. In fact, that type of behavior would nullify and cancel out your fast. Like you'd have to redo it because the whole purpose of it is not just to stay hungry. And I think there was a hadith, and I, and I wish the imam is on because, you know, I've heard other imams talk about this, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, had said, um, you know, the loser is the one who um, fasts the day of Ramadan and gets nothing out of it except hunger and thirst. So the concept is not just to feel hungry and thirsty. It's uh, it's much more than that. Um, but, you know, uh, some are like some people may ask, you know, wonder, well, what is, what kind of fast are you doing? What are we talking about here? Because, you know, nowadays there's this whole idea of intermittent fasting and going, mm -hmm. you know, for diet reasons and, and for focusing. And people are realizing that, hey, this intermittent fasting is actually beneficial to the mind and to be able to focus on work and, and other things and a lot of, uh, and even for a diet and, and healthier eating. Um, so, 
but this type of fast that we're doing um, different. is different. So it's very. Because I did the other one. I did. Oh, the you did. Intermittent. Yeah, I did uh, several uh, times, and uh, of what course. What version I did. did you do? Like how many hours? Um, like from let's say ten at night till maybe two p.m. Mm-hmm. I didn't do. I don't recall doing more. That's like fourteen but, hours. Or... Yeah, with this one because I never wake up for the early morning uh, meal uh, before the sunrise. And my last meal is usually, let's say, 9.30 or 10 o'clock if I want to calculate the idea of I had like some chocolate or something. Uh, but my first and last meal is usually at 7.30 or let's say 8 o'clock. So I'm fasting almost 20 hours, Ahmed, but it's it's more spiritual. Like I am calmer, although... You should, if you are deprived of food and drink, you should be anxious and you should be nervous or you should be trembling or lacking energy. But no, uh, it it channels into being humble and being down to earth and being more giving and understanding and like how many times I want to get mad at my husband because he didn't do something or did something or asking me to do something but I'm much calmer he he sometimes tells me I wish every year was a Ramadan <laughs> like the whole year was a Ramadan because your behavior is so different oh, but it's not, wow. like I, it's not like I want to be different it's just it's um it just happens. I don't know how to explain it. Well, I mean, I think um, so. I, I think when we get into this uh, Ramadan mode, I, you know, where we're focused on it, it being better, uh, abstaining, and you're kind of yeah, you're in a different zone. You, you realize like, okay, well, I'm fasting for a reason. I'm staying away from uh, eating and drinking for a reason. So let's make this count. So now you're like afraid to lose your Ramadan, or at least from my perspective, um, you know, and you try to, you know, become closer to Allah, uh, to God. So in the Quran, it does say the purpose um, for fasting. In fact, there's a verse in the Quran, and I'm not sure why I'm pretending to be the imam today because somehow our imam either fell asleep or something happened <laughs> inshallah he's safe inshallah. or because he sent me a message an hour ago saying you know give me a thumbs up you know on um on whatsapp that you know he's going to be on at that time that you know and he's got the link for to join because he wasn't joining in person um but i don't know i don't know what happened but um if the imam was on i think he would mention this and he would say something <laughs> like this verse in the Quran that says that God tells um, uh, the Muslim community that um, fasting has been prescribed to you as it was prescribed to those before you in order for you to attain piety. So the, um, or in the Arabic word, is, it says in order for you to attain taqwa. And the closest translation to the word taqwa into English is uh, piety but it's you know it's actually more than that it's a type of consciousness to be aware of uh, god to be aware of um, the rest of humanity 
Um, it's kind of a way that you're uh, somewhere between fear and love. Um, so, and in that, it actually tells us that, hey, you know, fasting is not something that was only prescribed and started with the Muslims. It started with uh, other communities before you. And in fact, the Jewish community has their fasts and the Catholic, and the Christian community also has their fast. It's mainly the Catholics that have continued that tradition. The other branch of Christianity, I don't think they're fasting. But for example, you know, uh, the Jewish community, they have their fast on Yom, uh, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Kippur. Uh, Kippur. Well, some people say Kippur, others say Kippur. Um, but it's uh, it's also a day, uh, a sacred day in the Jewish tradition. But they, they do an actual like 24 hours, 26 hour fast um, where, you know, it's not from pre-dawn to dusk. Uh, to sunset, they actually start the day before, and they also spend, um, you know, especially the ones worshiping, they spend the whole day at the synagogue. I, in fact, attended a Yom Kippur, uh, you know, event years ago, and I, I was actually a speaker at a synagogue. It was kind of interesting that they invited me to speak there. Um, so, um, but that's true. You know, the Jewish community has their fast. Um, and the um, the Catholic community has their fast, but the fast of uh, of the Catholic community, I guess, which is over Lent, is you fast or abstain from certain things. Um, for us, our fast is thirty days consecutively, from before uh, sunrise or before dawn, even, which is about an hour and a half before sunrise to sunset. And during uh, that time, daylight hours. We're not allowed to eat, can't eat or drink anything. We can't even put anything in our mouth. Um, so you can't chew gum, you can't drink water, uh, you can't do any uh, of that, and you can't eat. Um, even if you're on medication, you have to time your medication to take it at night. Now, of course, if you're on a specific medication, it has to be taken at a specific time because you're sick, then there are exemptions. Um, and this is a requirement because... Uh, fasting is the fourth pillar of Islam. In order to actually be a Muslim, you have to fast. Um, there are five things that Muslims have to do in order to be Muslim. Uh, the not, first thing is that they have to believe and declare that there's only one God, um, you know, the God of all creation, the one in the Bible that they refer to the, you know, God the Father, and um, that Muhammad is the last messenger sent by God, and they have to perform. Um, or we have to perform five daily prayers, pay a annual charity uh, to the poor specifically, um, and this charity does not go to the church or to the mosque. It has to go specifically to the poor. Donations to the mosque and other activities is called sadaqah, which is a different type of charity. It's not the annual required um, zakat. And the fourth thing is uh, fasting the month of Ramadan. And the last is uh, making pilgrimage to Mecca for those that are able to uh, financially and physically. So fasting is the fourth pillar of Islam. It's required for all adults, men and women, um, with the exception of those that are sick or that are pregnant or nursing. They have you know exemptions or even traveling. If someone is traveling, they're exempt, but they'd have to make up that day at a later time. Um, so 
a day for the Muslim, average Muslim, like in Tampa or in other ports, or at least, you know, for myself, um, it's optional to do this, but to get up like two hours before sunrise, have a small meal that should sustain you for the whole day. And about an hour and a half before sunrise, we stop eating altogether. There's actual, you know, schedule and a calendar and it changes because, you know, every day sunrise and sunset changes times and um, you stop eating and there's a, you know, a pre-dawn uh, prayer uh, and then, you know, you perform your daily prayers and then at sunset, we'll uh, gather together as a family at home to break our fast. Um, in fact, that's what, you know, I'm sure people know this, but if they didn't, the word breakfast comes from breaking fast. So this is instead of having your breakfast or breakfast in the morning, now you're having it at sunset and, um, you have a meal, uh, at sunset. It shouldn't be like overwhelming. You shouldn't try to make up for the whole day and have your three meals and so on. And, um, some people, because the Muslim community is a small community in America, a lot of the mosques will hold what's called iftars or these uh, breakfasts at the mosque and they gather as communities and different people sponsor the dinner uh, or they'll take responsibility for, you know, feeding the entire congregation or at least those that show up. Um, and then at nighttime, there is an additional type of prayers, congregational prayers that are happening at the mosque every night in Ramadan called Tarawih, which lasts for about an hour some an hour and a half. Um, so really observant Muslims or those that have the time and the ability, they'll, um, you know, be, they'll go to the mosque every day um, around nine o'clock at night to perform these nightly prayers. They'll end up staying there until 10 or 11 o'clock at night. These are optional. They're not mandatory. Um, but because, you know, in the month of Ramadan, a lot of people uh, do that. They'll either do it, you know, every day. Some will do it once a week. Some will do it a couple times a week. Um, so it's, and then you go to sleep and then you repeat the next day. So now imagine you, you don't have your coffee all day. Um, some of the things that people have a problem with the first day of Ramadan, like today, is uh, the headaches that they get from the lack of caffeine because they're used to, you know, drinking coffee in the morning or throughout the day. And now all of a sudden you're depriving your body. So you kind of go through a withdrawal of caffeine for the first one or two days and by, I don't know, four or five o'clock in, in the afternoon, evening, you start getting this headache or you get really tired, you get sleepy. Um, so are you, do you get that the first day of summer? This, uh, not, the, not, uh, not the first day, maybe sometimes the third or fourth day, um, maybe a little tiny bit of headache but i usually don't get a headache uh in general but i think uh, i think <laughs> called you my husband uh, let me just remind ahmed our listeners uh, listening to true talk on wmnf 88.5 fm ahmed and i are talking about the fasting month of ramadan which started today all over the uh, world and uh, it's the ninth lunar month. And I wanted to mention, Ahmed, something that this year is, I think, very pleasant to fast Ramadan. It's different than when we fasted during August or June or July or even last year, because every year 
the time of uh, the beginning of Ramadan changes by around 10 d- d- days because we follow the new, the lunar calendar. So this is what I really wanted to mention, Ahmed, is that out of the mercy of God, Ramadan is not static, is not always in the summer or always in the winter or always in uh, uh, spring. It changes. So from now, I think, till another at least 10 years, we're going to be fasting or fasting is going to be so much easier because the weather is much nicer. And I can't wait, I think, for two coming years because when we fast in the U.S., it would be with the the time. So rather than breaking the fasting at 7.30, we're going to be breaking it at 6.30. So this is, I think, a mercy from uh, that um, it's, it's not... It's not boring. Every year, it's it is different, and it in a way you cannot, you can plan, but you cannot plan. Like, um, you know, like for me, because I always travel to see my family, uh, I always have to make sure I know where I am going to be at the beginning of the Ramadan. Uh, it's interesting that aspect. Also, it has, right. ben- uh, has benefits, but I remember. Last year, I spoke with an Egyptian doctor. I can't remember his name. I think he's a friend of yours. And uh, maybe one day we will talk about the benefits because so so many people talk about intermittent fasting. So imagine you do that, but on top of it, there is a lot of learning and knowledge also involved. Uh, uh, Ahmed, I don't know if you agree with me. Right, I mean, um, it is true. And, you know, one thing I just wanted to follow up with the, the whole idea about why it changes. And this is not just for Ramadan, it's for all of our holidays. They revolve around the lunar calendar. We're not, it's not exclusively to Muslims. Many communities um, follow the lunar calendar. And, uh, for example, the Jewish community also follow a lunar calendar. Their holidays are not always at the same uh, day every year. However, um, in modern times, they added something called a leap month. So even though it changes for the Jewish community uh, from year to year, however, it kind of stays in the same season. Um, Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, they yeah they change from year to year. However, they because every few years I forgot how many every, how how often, but every few years they add a leap month, which resets it so it keeps it uh, around the same season. For the Muslim community, this is a true lunar, you know, calendar where throughout, um, you know, the year, our holidays, our Ramadan uh, begin, you know, 10 to 11 days earlier than the previous. So um, I'd seen a graphic that takes about 33 years for our holidays or our, you know, Ramadan, for example, to make a full circle around the solar calendar. So... Um, you know, this year Ramadan started uh, today, March 23rd. Um, next year it will start like uh, March 12th. And the year after that, it'll be March 1st, for example. Um, for it to come back to March 23rd, another March 23rd, it'll be 33 years from now. So at some point it keeps going back and back and eventually it'll be in the summer. And, um, you know, then it keeps changing, you know, these seasons. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you that the fasting Ramadan during the winter where the days are shorter, it's uh, it's much easier. And, um, you know, 
it's different scenes. So imagine like, you know, if you're a Christian and you're practicing and observing Christmas, for example, Christmas is now in the summer. Uh, that's how our holidays are. They're, they're never at the same time, you know, during winter or during a specific season. Uh, it changes from uh, uh, year to year. So, you know, the, the type of uh, clothes you're wearing, the type, of, I guess, food you're eating, you know, the, the vegetables, um, and how many hours then, you are, and how many hours you are fasting because we are fasting less hours yeah we are fasting uh, less hours so this is true talk on wmnf 88.5 um we were having an imam that's joining us today but it's the first day of ramadan and anything can happen so some for some reason the imam is mia maybe he'll join us next week um i haven't heard back from him but he confirmed like you know an hour and a half ago. Um, Summer and I are now, uh, you know, telling you or sharing with you and having a conversation about what Ramadan uh, means to us. 1.5, you know, I don't know the exact number, but people say it's between, you know, one, around 1.5 billion Muslims around the world are observing and started the month of Ramadan today. Um, you know, Muslims may only be one or 2% of the U.S. population, but there are you know, some 60 countries that have Muslim-majority uh, communities and populations, and uh, they're starting this fast today. It's a festive time. So some people may think that, oh, this is so boring. What is life like without eating and drinking? And, you know, um, it, what, you know what is that can't be that exciting. But there is a type of festive atmosphere yeah, to Ramadan and a type I'm of glad. celebration. So it's kind of celebratory that, you know, we're all in this together. We're fasting. It's kind of a sense of community, a sense of family. People actually look forward to Ramadan coming. And then when it's leaving, people are kind of sad because it's that one time of the year that it's, imagine like, okay, you have Christmas or, you know, Thanksgiving for an entire month because, you know, you're gathering um, on Thanksgiving Day with the rest of your family and having this one big meal. Now, imagine repeating that for 30 days that, you know, you keep doing it. Now, some people are probably thinking, you know, oh, I can't imagine because there's just, you know, the things that happen on Thanksgiving that you hear of the stories and the arguments and, you know. But yeah, go ahead, Summer. Are you feel, you feel yeah, a sense I, of celebration also? Yeah, I, yes. Um, I mean, it's less to a lesser extent, of course, uh, when you are uh, not in a Muslim country. But even when we are here, for instance, our local mosque will have a congregational dinner or iftar every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I think in Tampa, because as you have larger mosques and I think um, more people. I know, for instance, I was looking at uh, Instagram last night and maybe we should call uh, Brother Hatim and have him on the show uh, now if you can take a few minutes break because there was this show, it's called Yahala. Uh, I think a Syrian-American guy who goes around the country to showcase the, you know, the Arab restaurants and places. So he was showing us yesterday one of the mosques in Tampa and Ahmed, they are going to be hosting iftar every day for more than two, maybe thousand people. That's an unbelievable number. Maybe I'm mistaken, but no, uh, sorry, maybe I can't remember the number, but uh, like every night, the logistics. What number did you say? 
maybe 1,000, is it? Or no, I think he said seven to 750. Okay, 700 uh, people with, you know, women and men and adults and kids. And like, I want people to understand you can't eat except at exactly uh, the same time. Like you can't uh, start... Uh, like, you know, how, for instance, with Thanksgiving, you may taste the food or you may try. But no, these 750 people are going to start eating at the same moment. So the food has to be hot, the logistics of doing that. But they have a very nice setup, Ahmed. They have tents, uh, they have babysitting for the children, they have activities, uh, they have decorated the mosque. There are beautiful lights. In my house, actually, I bought from Egypt lanterns and I bought uh, very, very nice festive lights, just similar to Christmas. So I want people to imagine uh, that there are hundreds of millions of people who at this moment have decorated their homes, their mosques, their uh, shops, and if people get a chance to visit these mosques, I think it would be wonderful. I see the Imam is here, Ahmed. The Imam is joining us now. We're not sure where he's been. I think it's the first day of Ramadan. So I think the schedule is kind of all uh, getting messed up. Um, so uh, this is True Talk on WMNF uh, with Ahmed and Samar. We're talking about Ramadan. Today is the first day of Ramadan. I want to be first to to wish uh, you know my co-host on the air Ramadan Mubarak, and now we're joined by Imam Derek Pete, uh, who's been MIA. We're wondering where he's been, but now he's joining us. Welcome to True Talk, Imam Derek. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Ramadan. Happy Ramadan to you, brother Ahmed. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being on, and uh, you know because we have about you know, 15 minutes left. We want to just get right into it. Uh, what is, why is, what is Ramadan? Why is, uh, we already explained to our listeners that, you know, about abstaining from eating and drinking, but uh, why do Muslims and why did God order Muslims um, to fast the month of Ramadan? We're beginning the name of Allah, the blessed, uh, uh, who blesses us with this month of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, the Lord of the Prophets, who, who sends the Prophets to teach us about ourselves and teach us to be human. And that, it's the, really the essence of Ramadan, to gain a sense of self, to rem- be reminded of who we are, in other words, to be mindful, to gain a, this taqwa, this is the word in Arabic, to be mindful, to be conscious. This is what Ramadan is for. Above all else, this is what Ramadan is for. And we want to note that we are not only conscious of God, but Ramadan is about being conscious of God, but also being conscious of God means means being conscious of who we are, of our identity, and also of the world around us. So you'll find in Ramadan that Ramadan is a time of community. It's a time where where Muslims gather, whether with Muslims or also with non-Muslims. But it's also a time for reflection on the world around us and gaining a consciousness and a sense of the world around us. And you can see this in how Ramadan is about feeding people. It's about serving people. It's about giving back to community. It's about charity. So Ramadan is about gaining a sense of self, 
but also moving beyond the self. So critically important because sometimes, you know, people can get the sense that Ramadan is about just being, is going into seclusion, which is a part of Ramadan now. As you gain a sense of self, you improve your, your relationship to your creator, but it's also about reconnecting, reconnecting to the world, reconnecting to other people. It's why one of the things that the Muslims are counseled to do in Ramadan is that you reach out to relatives that maybe you don't have a good relationship with. Maybe you cut off ties a long time ago because of something you did or they did or you had a disagreement or an argument. Business deal went sour, so you cut them off. Ramadan is a time now where those get to bury the hatchet. Call the person. Why is that important? Because our relationship to God is a really, really dynamic one. Can I ask you to come closer to the mic a little bit? Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, so Ramadan, our, our relationship to the creator, to God, is a dynamic one. In the sense that we have a direct relationship with him, but also that relationship involves relationship to people around us. And we say the world around us, we mean people, but we also mean the environment. We also mean how we treat animals. We also mean how how we think about and approach the world around us. So in, in Ramadan, Ramadan is a time for then environmentalism, right? Ramadan is a time for ecology. When we say ecology, we mean Ramadan is a time for reorienting or rethinking the way that we approach ourselves, how we treat ourselves, and how we even view ourselves and how we view other people. That all of this, all of that, we meet, we we intend to bring that in line with what God calls us to and what he counsels us with in the Quran. It's the dynamic sort of relationship. It's not, as some may think, faith in isolation. Faith in a bunker or off, off in some far off land or in the desert or just in, in seclusion. No, Ramadan is more than just that. Ramadan is seclusion. It, it is worship. It is getting up at night. It is getting up in the morning. But it's also reconnecting to family, reconnecting to relatives, connecting to the local people in the community. It's about giving your zakah. Of course, the, the, the zakah is the... Um, the alms to the poor that Muslims who have a certain amount of wealth pay every single year. It's about giving those alms to the poor, that charity, that charity to the poor. It's also about feeding people who are fasting. So like this, we can get a sense of what Ramadan is. Being a time for, of directly worshiping God and connecting to him directly, but at the same exact time, getting to know our fellow brothers and sisters and also using that as a means to get nearer, nearer to God. These two perspectives are critically important. One can't said, do without the other. Okay. Uh, Imam Derek mm-hmm. Pete is joining us here on True Talk. We're speaking about Ramadan. What's the spiritual connection with it um, and purpose? You said that, you know, what God is calling us to. What does God want from humanity? He wants them to have taqwa. And so this word taqwa, it means that in a real sense that we recognize truth, recognize God, and then we submit ourselves to him. But when we say submit ourselves to God, we mean to say that we come to know ourselves, to know our purpose, to gain a sense of purpose, to gain a sense of self, 
and to know meaning in life. That's what God wants from us, to know ourselves, to know where we're from, to know our roots, to reconnect to family, to reconnect to our environment, and like this, reconnect to God. That's what Allah wants from us, reconnection. Or, what is abstaining? What is abstaining from food and not eating food or drink have to do with knowing oneself or getting uh-huh. close to God or you know what's what's the connection here? Be- beautiful, beautiful question. So the connection here is that <clears throat> you know, and and this has been studied empirically. This has been studied by doctors. They monitor the effects of hunger, even for a person who just doesn't have food. The effects of hunger is pow- the effects are powerful. That when you lessen food and lessen drink, the body, the self, it responds a particular way. So lessening food and lessening drink, it allows for more clarity. And it allows for a person to settle down and to have more focus. Right? And I mean, I've read in certain books, people who have, you know, for example, have gone without food for long periods of time. And this is, they they didn't do it for any religious reason. But they mentioned that they had a sort of clarity in thought that was unprecedented and was very, very clear sort of clarity. So when you lessen food and you lessen drink, especially even even intermittently, intermittent fasting, there's certain health benefits that that this has for the physical body, but also for the spiritual self. You know, our minds, for mind, body, soul, the entire thing, that lessening food and drink or going or fasting has these benefits inherent in them. So Allah says in the Quran that the fasting has been prescribed um, as it was upon you, those people who believe in God, it been, has been prescribed for us just as it was, um, it was um, prescribed on other people before that we can gain this sense of self that we can know ourselves on route to coming to know God, right? So fasting allows for this, this gain. So often we think when we're fasting, we're losing, or, you know, I'm losing breakfast, I'm losing lunch, I lost dinner, but no, you're actually gaining. That time that you didn't eat, it's gain, right? So whereas um, you're losing maybe some physical sustenance, you're gaining spiritual sustenance. You're gaining, we can call it maybe, maybe food for thought, right? Food for so thought, okay, nice. Yeah, Play on words. A, um, yeah there's a, uh, a Jamaican, um, he's, a, he's a singer. He died uh, a few decades ago. His name is What's Garnet name? Silk. Garnet okay. Silk. So he says, he quotes a verse from the Bible, and he says um, that is, the verse goes that man shall not live by bread alone. Right, that your sustenance isn't sim- simply from food or physical nourishment, and the the refrain or the uh, the uh, hook, quote unquote, of the song that he sings is that their bellies are full, but they're starving. Meaning to say that maybe you have all the food that you need, drinks and all the nice cuisine, but you still you're hungry. You need something. Fasting is meant to meet that need. Fasting is meant to answer that call that's within. Fasting is then food for the soul, nourishment for the heart. It's something that gives the spirit, you know, it's, it's, it's nourishment, 
right? Just as uh, for the physical body, water and food and meat and so on and so forth, that's how it's, it's nourished, the body, the physical body. But the soul needs something else. For the soul to function properly, sometimes, you know, it needs to, sometimes for the body even to, to become healthier, you have to cut down food, and we know that already. And that also, there's an interplay between the body and the soul. So you reduce food, the soul is going to have a particular response to that. Right. So um, dynamic interplay here. So this is this is Ramadan, very blessed time. Uh, again, a time of connecting to God and not only connecting to God, but connecting to other people. And that connecting to God properly requires us to connect to people properly, to even animals properly and to treat animals properly. The person, for example, who abuses an animal and then goes to slaughter that animal and eats that food when he breaks his fast. The fasting for that day is then questionable, as we know as Muslims, that we have to treat animals properly. You have to treat people properly when you, for example, you can't abuse a person with, with, when you, with your speech if you're fasting, right? Mm. You have to maintain those ties, maintain those connections. It has to be, you have to foster that love between yourself, the world, to then come to know God and love God properly. This is Ramadan, so, I mean, this is what the fasting is for. If so, it it could actually be easier if in the month of Ramadan you go in seclusion. You don't have to deal with anyone. You just sit and break your fast by yourself. But you're saying that's not the purpose. You have to engage and you have to serve and but control yourself and be kind to others in in the treatment. Because if you didn't have to deal with anyone, you didn't have to go on the road. You didn't have to go to the grocery store. You can just get you know DoorDash and Instacart and have everything delivered, and you can just not deal with anyone, it would be much easier. But mm -hmm. you think that's not how it's supposed to be practiced. Yeah, that's not the that's not the and you can also sleep all day. You can sleep all day and not do anything. <laughs> just, you know, sleep all day, stay up all night eating. Yeah. But so, subhanAllah and you know so some people you know some people do this. But again that goes against the very spirit of Ramadan. And that's really, you know, more than anything else, when we do those things, if anybody does that, we're, che we're cheating ourselves when we do that. We're not hurting God. We're not hurting, you know, we're cheating ourselves. You know, Allah says in the Quran, and that you fast is much better for you if you only knew. Right. And that you engage people and that you struggle against your lower desires. You struggle against that desire you know, to curse out that person that cut you off in the road. When you control the desire to maybe not look at what you shouldn't be looking at, maybe the opposite gender, you lower your gaze, or you control your speech, that this is where it's at for Ramadan. This is where the benefit is. This is where the struggle is, but this is also where most of the gain is to be made in Ramadan. You know, we take what a parable. Uh, oh, go ahead. What is the parable? The, the, uh, we take a lesson from the Rasul, the messenger, peace be upon him, Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, you know, the, 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 uh, who we consider to be our prophet, our teacher, and also our, you know, our, our, our moral, uh, our paragon of virtue. He's, he's our example. We, we look to follow him as Muslims. He was approached by a man. This man said, I only worship Allah and I don't interact with people and I go to my you know, place of seclusion, I only worship God. I don't even interact with the people. The prophet said to that man, who supports you? 
The man said, my brother does. The prophet said, your brother's better than you. Right? <laughs> Authentic narration. <laughs> mm. Right? So, so here we get a sense of, you know, the, the, really the themes of Islam, and especially these themes in, in Islam are heightened in Ramadan. Right? So Ramadan is like, and it basically it's where we kind of kick it into hyperdrive in terms of trying to be the best that we can be and struggling against ourselves, struggling against hunger and, and thirst and taking, you know, ourselves to better potential selves. It's a, it's making a type ourselves of better. camp, like a camp, mm-hmm. you know, before you get, get ready for the season. Um, we're, uh, we're nearing the end of our show here and maybe we'll have you on again through this month because today is the first day of Ramadan. It's going to go for a month and um, we, you know, we'd hope to have more shows about this. But before you go, Imam Derek, um, now with, you know, social media, you don't have to go out to get in a fight with people. You can just go online and argue with people and curse people out and get mad and look at things you shouldn't be looking at. So in this era with social media, what's your advice to people in, you know, about less than a minute? Uh, mashallah, brilliant question. So I'd say we have to, the, the fasting, so the leaving the food and leaving the drink, this is why we say this is not the be all, this is not the end goal. That you leave fasting and you, and you leave, um, excuse me, you leave food and you leave your drink. The end goal is self-discipline. So in terms of social media, we also need to fast from that too. And again, we, as Muslims now, we're moderate. It's not to say you have to completely cut it out, but it moderated. Okay, we're going to say throughout the day, I'm going to, you know, look at Facebook less. Or maybe I'm not going to look at it until I break my fast. Throughout the day, I'm going to stay away from it. Maybe toward, towards the end of the day, I'll open up, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or whatever it may be, that we maybe we, we choose particular times. Okay, I'm going to check some messages, but that we look to um, moderate it and control it and make it intermittent, right? Um, if we're able to, I'd say, uh, many of us, as, as our teachers would say, many, many of us can probably just do without social media. But for those for for those of us who um, you know, are you know well connected, we can at least regulate our engagement with social media. It has to be regulate regulated. Islam, you know, if you, another word that we could probably use for the religion of Islam is self regulation, the regulatory religion. <laughs> We're out of time, and I'm gonna play the song that you quoted from. Fill us up with your mercy from Garnet Silk. Uh, bellies are full, but they're starving. Thank you, Ma'am Derek Pete. Uh, have a great weekend. Ramadan Mubarak, everyone. And we'll see you back same place, same place, uh, same time, same place on True Talk. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Janine Herbst. The CEO of the popular video sharing app TikTok, Sho Chu, is testifying before Congress today over lawmakers' worries the Chinese-owned company presents a national security threat to the U.S.